let's get started right away. There was a fabulous news story this week that I had to talk about. The last surviving member of the band, the Monkees, Mickey Dolenz, filed a lawsuit against the FBI seeking to turn over a secret dossier, uh, which he believes the agency holds on him and his former bandmates. To talk about this, why in the world would the FBI have a dossier on the Monkees, the most, I don't know, just they were just the nicest, most wholesome band, I think, ever. Uh, and with us to discuss this is the attorney who filed the lawsuit, Mark Zaid. He's one of the country's most experienced lawyers in the area of national security law, freedom of speech, constitutional issues, and government accountability. He is the founder of the James Madison Project, uh, which is dedicated to reducing government secrecy. And he also is the or, uh, co-founder of the Whistleblower Aid, which helps whistleblowers uh, with their concerns and without incurring legal liability. Welcome to the show, and thank you for stepping away from the barbecue today to, to talk to me. Hi, Mark. Oh, yeah, hi, Karen. It's a, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Well, you know, let's talk about, before I talk about the legal issues, uh, you, I, I think I read somewhere that you are a, good, a big fan of the monkeys, and that was one of the reasons that you got involved in this. Is that the case? Absolutely. I, I was born in the late 60s when the monkeys were still on television, and while I didn't have the opportunity to watch their show while it was on. I saw it certainly in the reruns in the 70s when it started to be aired, and I think even in the 80s in the early days of MTV when it really was music television. But my babysitter gave me her original Monkees albums, three of them. I still have them 50 years oh later. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in, the, in the early 70s, I was hooked when they started retouring on their reunion tours, first tours, in 1986, as I recall. Uh, I went and saw them, and I think I saw them uh, about eight or seven, eight times over the course of their career. Uh, and unfortunately, as, in, as each has passed away, I got to meet Davey about a decade ago and a few months before he passed away. And Mickey and I have a close mutual friend uh, who introduced me to him actually earlier this year, and that's how this lawsuit came about. How interesting. And I, by the way, full disclosure, I had a huge, huge crush on Davey. Absolutely. Like probably you and Marsha Brady. <laughs> Marsha Brady. Remember that? Oh, my gosh. So how in the world did the monkeys and in particular Mickey Dolans come to understand that the FBI was keeping files on on the band? Yeah, so interesting. So when I met with Mickey and when I meet a lot of, of people who have played a prominent role in U.S. history, whether it's entertainment, culturally, politically, I often say, hey, you know, would you have any interest in finding out if the, if the government has any files on you? And I figured that the FBI, among others, would likely have files. And my thought process was, the time at which the monkeys were performing in the late 60s. And while most people have that wholesome image that you do uh, and recall of the monkeys, there was a darker side of the monkeys uh, in the counterculture movement and the drug culture movement. They had a movie called Head uh, that came out uh, around 1968, 69. That is probably too dark for most people even today. It was very drug issued and, and kind of oriented. And a lot of people also don't realize that they hung around with some of the top musicians of the day. The Beatles were good friends of theirs. John Lennon and J. Edgar Hoover and the FBI monitored Lennon all the time. Jimi Hendrix opened up for the Monkees. I, I 
can't I even didn't imagine. know that. But, yeah, I can't imagine what that must have sounded like to go from Jimi Hendrix, Jimi <laughs> Hendrix, and his type of music to then the wholesome sound of the Monkees. So when I was preparing the FOIA request to submit the Freedom of Information Act request, I made sure I went online and I just did some Google searching and I came up that there actually was an FBI file, seven pages, released a decade ago about the Monkees that was concerning one of their concerts uh, in, I think it was the uh, 67, 1967, in San Francisco area, where an informant of the FBI, and I always joke, was probably an agent who wanted to take their kid to the concert, <laughs> but they released oh, oh, these just, pages. You're just, you know, the, just, just so, so much cynicism there. Yeah, 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 right. You know, this is just human nature, right? You know, right. hey, let, let's set it up. And it's a very strange document. It's heavily redacted. Uh, and at one point, they say, this informant goes, during the concert, subliminal messages were depicted on the screen. They had, obviously, some sort of movie screen, which, in the opinion of blank uh, informant, constituted left-wing innovations of a political nature. And they were said the messages and pictures were flashes of riots in Berkeley, anti-U.S. messages on the war in Vietnam, racial riots in Selma, Alabama, and similar messages which had received unfavorable response from the audience. And then it's the whole rest of the page is redacted, not just redacted for law enforcement purposes, but classified as secret. So I knew at least that I wasn't on a fishing expedition, you know, in the notion of I have no idea what I'm looking for. I'm just throwing things out there. I know I'm actually fishing in a pond that has fish. Let's take a break. We're talking to Mark Zaid, who is the attorney who filed the lawsuit against the FBI, seeking the file that the FBI, in fact, has on the monkeys. We'll be back in a minute on WGN. We're talking to Mark Zaid, who is an attorney who brought a lawsuit on behalf of the last remaining living monkey, Mickey Dolans, uh, seeking the FBI file that we know exists. Now, you talked a little bit, Mark, about uh, the fact that, uh, well, the government said that there were subliminal messages in one of the concerts that he was watching. Is that true? Did Mickey Dolans confirm with you that there were subliminal messages in their concert stuff? I I don't know, honestly. I, I haven't honestly asked. I, I saw him perform recently in Pennsylvania, I think in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area. And, you know, they, they put... Even, you know, even now, like most concerts do, they put old, especially for the folks that performed, you know, back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, they put old footage on. Uh, and most of the old footage was, of course, about the 60s. And this was the time at which uh, when they were living and it was very much an anti-Vietnam war movement uh, among the entertainers. Uh, they also reference in the documents about the television series, although it looks like the informant is only at least talking about the concert itself, and it's titled Additional Activities Denouncing the U.S. Policy in the War in Vietnam that they were particularly interested in. And even more interestingly, this is part, it's very clear from looking at these documents, because I'm so used to dealing with FBI documents, They. this is part of a much larger file. Now, it doesn't mean this is all about the monkeys. There, there are files and file numbers referenced in headquarters in D.C., in New York City, in Los Angeles, 
Uh, and as well, even these pages that I have are pages number 35 and 36, pages 43 out of obviously a much, much larger file. And I'll finish with saying the way they styled it in the cover sheet is they said the monkeys, but they spelled it like the animal, the oh. monkey, <laughs> instead of the monkeys, E-E-S. So not cool, really. I mean, come on. No. <laughs> and, you know, I, I was reading a little bit that, that apparently the FBI had files on lots of people like Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra, John Lennon, and other artists. So this is not surprising to people in the know, I guess, right? Oh, not surprising at all. Look, J. Edgar Hoover was in charge of the FBI from 1924 to 1972 when he passed away. And he was very much anti-communist, anti-Soviet Union, and anyone who was perceived to have a sympathy towards the Soviet Union or communism or any type of anti-war message, regardless of whether it was anti-com or pro-communist or not, became oftentimes subject of an FBI investigation. So I wasn't surprised uh, at this at all, that there was the existence of a file. And I think because what FOIA is designed to, and actually FOIA was created right when the monkeys were created in 1966, it's designed for us to learn about what our government is up to. And the existence of these files, though this is a fun case in, you know, in representing the monkeys, uh, it will really give us a window into the tumultuous 1960s and what our premier law enforcement agency was up to at the time. Right. Like, didn't they have something better to do? Um, it's coming into my mind. Um, wait, well, now, how does this work as far as the you, you, you filed the lawsuit? How quickly do you expect this to happen? Is the FBI just going to turn these over? Is there a process that you go to court and you have to argue for the, a reason? And then what is it that you hope to obtain? Sure. So we filed the request itself administratively, which you can just do online, back in June. Once 30 days, essentially, 20 working days has passed, if the FBI or any federal agency has not substantively responded, which they can't do, they just don't have the resources or manpower, then you can go to federal court. So what prompted all the news media hype about this was that we filed the lawsuit in federal court. I've already, I think, I'll find out soon enough, served the lawsuit and complaint on the U.S. Attorney's Office here in D.C. That triggers a 30-day response time. So, uh, what, the end of September, give or take. Uh, And at some point, I usually tell folks that within a year, within a few months up to a year, we will have a good, good sense of how many documents we're talking about and even start to see the release of some of these documents. It's a little hard nowadays because obviously COVID was still impacting the courts and the agencies, not as much anymore, but more precisely in my district in Washington, D.C., the judges are overwhelmed with January 6th prosecutions. Sure. So that, that takes precedent since it's a criminal case. Uh, but I, I imagine over the next few months, we will start to get a much better picture of how many records we're actually talking about pertain to the 60s rock band, The Monkees. So is, does the FBI have any legitimate reason that they can lodge to say, we're not going to turn this over, we're not going to, we're going to redact uh, all kinds of sentences, other than the fact that it seems to me to be kind of embarrassing for them? I mean, at least my my position is, you know, yeah, the FBI has better better things to do right now. So looking at the exemptions, what 
they invoked when they released these files a decade ago, the, the pages they did release were all declassified. But let me emphasize, they were classified secrets. So, right, we're going to talk about Mar-a-Lago and President Trump taking classified information. The monkeys' pages were classified secret back when they were created 55 years ago. But what's withholding information, at least a decade ago, are exemptions predominantly dealing with law enforcement and the informant, protecting the identity of the informant. Now, even though it's been 55 years later and the likelihood is this person is now deceased, though not necessarily, they could be in their 80s or 90s now, that information no doubt will still be withheld. But I I do not doubt that we will get uh, additional information released Uh, because the privacy interests of people aren't going to be as impacted 55 years later, uh, nor is some of the more internal documentation that the uh, FBI was discussing at the time. I know there's no way to know this, Mark, but is but you do deal with these issues uh, very frequently. This is this is your area of practice. Do you think the FBI continues to have dossiers on various performers out there, rap stars and and Britney Spears? I, I don't know. I mean, is that something that's still going on? Do you think? Not certainly not to the extent it was back in the '60s. Uh, I. For one thing, the Privacy Act, which was created in 1974, when so much of what the FBI and the CIA had been doing in the 50s, 60s, and into the 70s, and then post-Watergate, when the Privacy Act was created, there is a provision in there that says that the government cannot collect information that is solely for the purposes of monitoring folks for First Amendment rights, Mm, which clearly this would be. So the FBI, which is obviously far busier now dealing with counterterrorism, counterintelligence, counter uh, domestic terrorism cases now than ever before, I, I really doubt is going to rock concerts the way they used to be. Now, could there be someone who's maybe acting, maybe a foreign group that potentially has ties to either uh, a foreign power or maybe a white supremacist group uh, band that actually has ties to white supremacy and militias. Oh, I could see there being exceptions, but not like it was back 50, 60 years ago. We only have about a minute, and I do want to get very briefly to Trump and Mar-a-Lago, and I just really want to get your opinion because this is what you do for a living, and we always try to keep politics out of this. Um, But... Trump has lodged many defenses as to why he took these documents to Mar-a-Lago. One is that he declassified the documents. This is your area of expertise. Could Trump have declassified the documents? So there is a possibility that certainly the system, as a constitutional right, the president of the United States controls classification. The problem is there's absolutely no evidence that has stood up yet to show that he did declassify. And in fact, his lawyers have not even argued that in court. And I say this with no partisanship because I represented the Republican National Committee during the Hillary Clinton email fiasco, trying to get more information about her uh, seizing or handling, mishandling classified information. Uh, so I, it is an argument and a defense. I do not think it's going to be successful. And just literally 20 seconds here, he claims executive privilege uh, over some of these documents. Does he have executive privilege? No, the problem is the executive privilege belongs to the current administration, 
not the prior administration. So they get to decide, the Biden administration gets to decide uh, what executive privilege. He does have access, of course, to anything that could be personally attorney-client privilege. And I'll say in closing, every new fact that comes out, whether it comes through the Trump team or the Justice Department, brings a step closer to someone. I can't say it's Trump yet, but to someone being prosecuted. Well, we would like to have you back on, not only to talk about that, but, of course, the more important issue of, you know, why were the monkeys being targeted by the FBI, which, of course, is the overriding most important issue in our country right now. Mark, thank you so much for joining me. If uh, people want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, Best way, uh, either via Twitter, Mark S Z E S Q or email. Uh, if you just Google my name, Mark Zade, Z I I D, you can find my my website and my email address is on there. And don't hesitate.